The Meeting Charleston podcast is sponsored by Princeton Mortgage, home of the Princeton Promise. If you think your mortgage process was anything less than effortless, just tell them why and receive a $1,000 credit. My husband Mark and I moved to Charleston in 2018 with our three daughters. We both grew up in New Jersey and were ready for a new adventure. We had visited Charleston a few years back and immediately fell in love. So when it came time to pick a new home, low country living seemed like a no-brainer. So far, it has definitely exceeded our expectations. We love meeting our new neighbors and hearing their stories, so we started this podcast because we think that you might want to hear these stories too. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our feed on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, and please give us a five-star rating. Your support will make it easier for us to get an audience with the people you would most like to hear from. If you have suggestions for us on guests or things that we can do to improve the podcast, please message us on Facebook or Instagram. Your feedback is sincerely appreciated. Now on to our guest. Tonight we are bringing to you a special Zoom happy hour with Craig Conover. You may know him from Bravo's Southern Charm, and he's also the owner of the awesome pillow company Sewing Down South. So without further ado, we are going to dive right into it. Thanks so much. Hello. Hey guys. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are y'all? We are, you know, just quarantining in the house. So, where are you guys at? We are in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, it's not not bad. I'm temporarily downtown because my house is under construction, and um, it's uh, it's been nice. It you know, just kind of golf cart around and enjoy outside. yeah. Hasn't been too bad. That's amazing. Sounds a lot like our life here. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of places have, you know, curbside pickup and some frozen drinks and stuff. So it's been fun. Where, where are your favorite spots so far? Where I mean, 167 <laughs> killed it. They uh, they have one of their biggest days ever, they told me. Um, they were good. And uh, now Uptown's open with some frozen twisted teas, which are great. Um, and uh, we've been to Amen Street. Um, um, but yeah, kind of all over. But halls just reopened, which is nice. So they have their whole outside. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I've never been. I've never eaten there. There's like in the back of the area. Yeah. So they have like their whole parking lot. They basically turned into a restaurant. So um, they have like ten tables out there, and um, so it's been great. So yeah. That's awesome. Just, you know, trying to entertain ourselves. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, we're really excited to have you here. But no, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like we should, you know, start the intro. Um, and we're here to have you talk about um, Sewing Down South and kind of everything you have going on. I feel like you have your hand in just a little bit of, you know, some other stuff going on. But what we normally do... When we start the show, is gonna have whoever's here take us back to where they came from, where they started. Um, so you can take us, you don't have to take us all the way back to kindergarten, but tell us a little bit about kind of where you came from. I know you were born in Delaware and you ended up here. Sure. <clears throat> so I um, was born in uh, 88 on the Eastern Shore of Delaware and uh, grew up there um, in cornfields and chicken farms and the beach and golf courses, which was cool. Um, played baseball my whole life, soccer, some other things. And then 
in high school, uh, I kind of wanted to make a new start for myself and get out of town. And we had, everyone else went to Senior Week in Ocean City, Maryland, so we went to Myrtle Beach. Weirdly, they let 18-year-olds rent houses together. It didn't work out very well. There was like a big fight. Um, and I ended up coming to visit a friend in Charleston. And up north at that time, they didn't teach us. I mean, I had never heard of Charleston. We were taught that, you know, the North won the war, and that was it. There was like a war, and the North won, and that was it. We didn't learn Southern history. So it was my first time ever hearing of Charleston. Um, I know things are different now, but I fell in love with it. I remember I walked into this house. It was an off-campus training house. People were playing wiffle ball with like a keg in the yard next to it. Girls were doing yoga in the living room. Someone like tossed me a beer and like I was just like this is this feels right so late applied to Charleston moved down in 06 stuck around for law school and then in my second year of law school or third I can't really remember um you know I fell into the show and uh <clears throat> and on Southern Charm and then uh that was seven years ago so um for the last seven years ago I've been on this Bravo show, and yeah, that so, worry. So when you say fell into, <laughs> how did yeah, that Yeah, I mean, they, it all, <clears throat> so none of us, so we were, we were found, um, you know, it's tough, because those are the things that we run into that we never know what we're supposed to say and what we're not, but I can say that no one on the show tried out. We were basically all in Charleston, and Whitney was like, someone's got to put a camera on these people. We were kind of unaware of what he was doing because none of us were Hollywood people um, at all. And we never, you know, I mean, had I thought it would be cool one day or, you know, on a, in a second life, yes. But no one, I mean, I was going to be a lawyer. That was it. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, they start putting us on camera and things start happening. And then crews show up and we're like, you know, and then they offer you contracts. And for me, I think I took five months to sign. I think Shep was first right before five months. And then Cam and I signed after five months, just because we were like, look, like we're all kind of have our own thing going on right now. And you can't Google, should I do a reality show or not? Spent <laughs> hours trying. Um, if, but you they could, could, if you could write that page now, would you say people should do it or not do it? Yeah. And, and that's why, that's how the story started was, you know, after talking to my Dean and her being like, you live in a new day and age, like just do it. I was like, what would I regret more not doing it and wondering what if, or doing it and having to deal with, you know, some consequences at the end of the road. And fortunately that was the right call. It was a no brainer. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. I think it's a lot of fun. And if you're just yourself, you know, at the end, of, like, you know, if you're yourself then at the end of the day, you don't really have much to worry about. So, Yeah. So I'm always so fascinated by this because it's such a unique experience to go from like, hey, I'm a law school student to, hey, I'm pretty famous and definitely Charleston famous. So what have been some of the things or your experiences that you think, you know, maybe caught you the most off guard or the most surprising about just like what it's like having everybody know you everywhere you go? Uh, <laughs> it turned me way more introverted than I was. Um, you know, I used to wear neon V-necks and blazers out. I loved attention. I wanted to be seen. Um, it's probably one of the reasons that I ended up on the show in the first place. Um, 
and it really humbles you in a great way. I mean, it's awesome being able to make people's day just by saying hi to them or taking a picture, but yes, you become way more introverted. You know, I, you wear a hat pretty much everywhere you go, not in a crazy way, but you just, because you're always kind of on and you feel, and there's always a camera on you that it starts to be, because not just the show cameras, there's always a cell phone camera or something like that. And it really does have some effect on your psyche. Not a, not a big deal. I wouldn't change anything, but you know, my friends sometimes get mad at, even Austin gets mad at me because I'm hyper, hyper aware of everything going on and he's not ever. Um, and so I sometimes I, I overthink a lot of stuff, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, it's fun, but it's also different. And I, you can tell right away if someone knows who you are or whatnot, and there's different reactions that you can get. And, um, a lot of the girls that I've found myself with over the last year, it's been kind of fun because I'll know real quick. I'm like, wait, they have no clue I am. And then like, I was in, I was snowboarding out West in January and I met this girl. And then, you know, the next day you're on the mountain together and people are taking pictures and they're asking, she's like, what am I missing here? And you're like, Oh yeah, by the way, there's kind of this like thing that I do, but it's, I mean, it's fun, but yes, I would say that's, that's, that's the biggest cool. difference is it makes you a little, little more shy than I was before, I guess. In a yeah, way. I'm sure this wasn't memorable for you, but one night we were at Trio pretty late and you walked in and Nicole ran across the room and gave you a hug. And uh, I have to say- It was like 2 a.m. and I was, Eric had been giving a shot. It was very late, I'm sorry. But of course. I, I would say there's this amazing moment where you looked at me when she gave you a hug, and in one look, you gave me this look like, uh, it's okay, it happens to me all the time, and don't worry about it, dude. I'm not trying to hug up with your girl. All in one look, she gave me, I was like, all right, man, we're good. I was like, you've been through this before. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, man. That's kind of what That's kind of, I know exactly what you're talking about, but that's, that's cool, because a lot of times I do pride myself on saying hi to the guy or kind of putting them off at or like unnerving them for a second. Cause you know, some people in the world could be like douchebags. And it's like, Oh, who's this guy trying? But I try to be like, I find them pretty quickly. I, at least I try to, I'm like, what's up dude. Everything's cool. Like, let's do it. Like, like, save me from your drunk life, please. You know, <laughs> you know the whole thing, honestly. I was impressed. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's no, that's definitely, that's a, that's a high compliment. So I appreciate that. <laughs> So what's, what's the some of the best stuff? Like what are some of the cool people you've met, places you've gone that you never otherwise would have been able to do if you hadn't been on the show? Um, a lot. Uh, <clears throat> one of the first things that I was able to do is I got involved with an orphanage in Haiti. That was cool. That was a few years ago. Um, and just without the schedule that we have and just the opportunities it gives us, I was fortunately able to get involved with that. Um, with, uh, his name's David Nelson. He used to play in the NFL. He was Tebow's roommate. Um, and we ended up building a great relationship. Um, and going down there. Yeah. 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 He would go over the middle a lot. Yeah. He played for the jets then the bills. Um, and someone else. Um, but him and his wife were awesome. So we did that. That was, that was definitely, you know, a life changing trip. It's, it's really amazing going to somewhere, you know, like that. And, um, 
it puts obviously puts things in perspective. And from that, ended up getting talked into running the New York Marathon with my girlfriend at the time, Naomi, for that orphanage. And I remember he called me. He's like, "How do you feel about running?" And I was like, "I hate running." And I was a baseball <laughs> player. And I ran like ninety feet. He's like, well, cool. Well, we need you to run the New York Marathon because I think he was still playing at the time, so he couldn't do it. Um, so that was wild. Um, David so Arquette. Love like celebrities I met in Charleston that I became friends with. So David Arquette was really, he was really funny to pick his brain and everything. Um, and then Shep and I went and did a movie with Bruce Willis and um, – I don't know. I think meeting, being coming friends with the other, like the other Bravo shows, is really fun. I'm pretty close with the Vanderpump people. Um, that's been fun, and uh, I guess oh, Danny McBride's the coolest. You know, he he approached me and Cam first when he was here, and he asked us for a picture. And we we're like, that was probably the most mind blowing thing. Because we're like, dude, you're like the coolest. Like we should be asking you, obviously. So. It's been a good time. Yeah. You uh you definitely find, you know, perks just talking to people and you know, Shep was on the boat dock yesterday with some good old like southern boys that had just come in from the dock and or from the Gulf Stream and he asked to like pay for some tuna and they were like, Man, I gotta get a picture for my wife, like we know who you are and you know, gave him some tuna. So there's you know, people are usually pretty nice. Awesome. That's cool. Do you get a lot of haters down here? I feel like when we came down, uh, when we we've only been here for two years, but there were there's like a divide. There are people who like love the show us here. <laughs> yeah, I mean the first two years were probably that was when it was a part of normal life, just because people we were the one of the first shows after Jersey Shore, so no one knew what it was going to be like. Yeah. Um, but then it became hard for people to hate after that. I think. I mean, yeah, you have some bitter like unhappy people that if they are hating it's kind of for the wrong reasons because yes i mean for the most part it's brought a lot of positive i mean charleston didn't need any help but i mean there's easily a way to find fun in it and they show so much of the city i think they do a great job doing that um i you know it fluctuates that's what's funny and that's what i told austin like you know the first two year well the first year people liked me the second year they didn't third year they did then fourth and fifth were tough because I was in a relationship and it's Bravo. So it's always, the girl's always going to be the hero and the guy's going to be the bad guy. Um, but then as soon as I was single, um, you know, fortunately things have become very positive. So I think I've come into my own and um, yeah, it's, it's rare for me to run into something, but you know, you just laugh it off. I got, I got, I, I got bullied like really bad growing up and I had to self-validate in high school. And I think that's why I've been able to handle it so well because you're able to laugh that stuff off. But I remember Cam and Shep having a lot of trouble with it because they had never been bullied before. So they would read these comments and they didn't understand that it's just people don't really mean what they're saying. They're just like saying it because, you know, they're hating basically or, you know, out of job. And, um, but no, I'm, I'm fortunate that, I mean, if, if you let it get in your head, it's not a fun world. But if you can handle it, then, you know, you kind of just laugh. We, uh, we interviewed no one does it in person. If they see you in person, the person that was just shitting on you on the internet is still going to come up to you and say hi. You know? so, I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
internet tough guys, but we interviewed, we interviewed Chep a few uh, months back, and I, I, I gave him a little uh, heat for being a bully to you sometimes on the show. Uh, That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how, how, you, you know, how much of that? How much of that is moments caught on the show, and how much of that is you guys just constantly busting each other's hey. when the cameras aren't there? Sorry, someone must have dropped their dog off, and I just saw him pee on my uh, pee on my rug. Oh my god! I don't know. Um, but uh, um, sorry, one second. Hey, be quiet. Sorry. Um, he uh, so that was. The beginning, the first half of the like the show was, you know, we really clashed. Um, he, him and I, you know, he saw me as an equal but opposite. And I, he, you know, back then I feel like had some, I mean, look, we love, I took him out on the boat today. Like we love each other now. But in the beginning, like there was definitely some negativity. And I remember after that, um, after that second season or third season, like I ended up just having to cut them off because it just got, it got so negative. Um, and then, you know, we went a few seasons where he was able to just accept me for who I was and I accepted him for who he was. And, uh, and then we, our friendship changed from, you know, battling each other to brothers. And once we were brothers, then it's like, yes, you can hate each other all you want. We're not like each other or disagree, but you still love each other. I'm going to let you live your life. You, you know, you can live yours. And so it's like, you know, at the holidays with your family, when you see each other, you know, you're still going to be buddies. So starting last year was probably the closest we had ever been. Um, and he's a much happier person now too, which you'll see on this new season. Um, you know, he just, when he's miserable and alone, he takes out on other people, but when he's happy, he's a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I took him out on the boat today. We're awesome. But there were a few years there that, you know, it was just mean. And you're like, dude, all right, like, I don't need to associate with this. So I'm just going to, you know, you can be miserable on your own. But, um, yeah, over seven years, I think you've definitely seen the ebbs and flows of, of that relationship. Yeah, it's real. How much of all of that is not staged, but just kind of shifting perspective. Um, it's sorry, right. my house sometimes becomes like the communal house and now that like they're reopening Charleston, there's random dogs in here and people. And, um, yeah, sorry, but no, it's not, I mean, it's definitely a lot of, uh, it's definitely a lot of perspective, but um, would you guys stop? I'm trying to do an interview. Jesus, <laughs> your own house. Um, but yeah, so as you see, it's not all, like what you, if you hung out with us for a day, you'd be like, oh, this is exactly how they are. Um, I will say that some, you know, you definitely complain sometimes that you don't get to see the full picture, but at the end of the day, you get a pretty good grasp on what's going on. And as the show's gone on and on and on, and the more it is, you see a fuller picture of what's going on. I mean, there's definitely times that they've protected people, definitely times that, I, yeah, I don't know. As long as you take it with a grain of salt um, and enjoy it, it's fine. But it's, if you try to overanalyze every single thing, then, you know, those are the people that you have to remind. You're like, guys, we film hundreds of hours and you only get to see this like small little segment. So, you know, it's, there's definitely, you know, 
I would say some things are structured. Like I wouldn't usually, if Shep and I were hunting, you know, whatever we were hunting that day, some bird, it's like, I don't care if he's ever been in love. I'm not going to ask him about that, but it's like, you guys have to establish his relationship history. So it's like, Hey Shep, have you ever had a one? But then however he answers is going to be true. So sometimes questions are structured, yeah. but the answers are always real. Kind of like an interview. <laughs> exactly. it, yes. You're basically interviewing each other sometimes, you know, on screen. Awesome. So yeah, so tell us about the pillow thing. Uh, obviously you started out kind of as a little passion project, but it's also an awesome talk about your business and what you're doing. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, we're very fortunate that we launched last year on April 1st. Um, we had a great first year and um, everything was, uh, I love you. The dog owner was giving me a look and I was like, I, I don't know what you want me to do. Um, <laughs> so the, the pillows have been good though. So we, I have two partners. I'm an operations guy and a branding expert. Um, it's funny it watching, it's funny watching their reaction because, you know, they really didn't know where this was going to go. And so they didn't want to put a lot of money into it, but I knew that there was something there just based off all the messages I got on Instagram and, you know, a lot of the support uh, that was following me. Fortunately, it took off. Um, then we started doing our pillow party tour last fall and it worked out. We basically treated it like a book signing and it really brought a lot of the Bravo people together. Because um, other than BravoCon, there was really nowhere to meet everyone, which it kind of hit, kind of struck gold with that in a great way. It's weird thinking about it now because I would hug every single person, talk to them for a while and stuff. And now with social distancing, I don't know how that's going to go. So hopefully we get back to normal. Um, then we signed a deal with Thomasville in New York. So that's a new line we had coming out. Uh, but that got paused because we're making gowns and masks now. And then we got an HSN deal and that's what I'm excited about. So in July, I'll be on HSN selling and that should be really fun. Um, awesome. And then we'll go to the yeah. kitchen stuff so yeah you're gonna crush it on there that's awesome so you're, you're making uh maps now you're saying yeah so we have we have it somewhere um I, I actually know exactly where it is we um you know we were making them at first in the factory just to keep our people in work uh but we were donating a lot of them and now we're making kind of a not designer but one with our patterns on it now that there's a lot of suggestions to wear them everywhere you go so we're selling them in packs of three for $24 and then we're donating one for every one that's sold. So, um, you know, kind of just, I guess maybe that might become a thing mask and we were getting a lot of requests to buy them. So we figured out an efficient way to make them. And, uh, so that's what we're doing now. That's awesome. I saw that you have new like apron mitts. You're doing like a whole kitchen line. Is there anything? Yeah. So that? that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the exciting new direction we're going to go in. We have a nursery line that we're on pre-sale now, and then we're going in the kitchen. And so I, the same class I learned how to cook in Homec in eighth grade, I also, or same class I learned how to sew, I also learned how to cook. Um, and wrote like a little cookbook in eighth grade with all these Polaroids and played it. it was, and so we recently found that I started cooking again over the quarantine and we started to design kitchenware stuff. Um, so we're excited about that. Um, we actually, we haven't told anyone this, but we just got 
um, two offers for a cookbook, which is something that we'll hopefully be working on this summer. And we're just going to try to keep expanding into an entire, you know, uh, a line of like housewares basically. So everything kind of ties into each other. So. Very cool. What are your favorite things to cook? Uh, I'd say like on the stove, um, seafood or, you know, so I, I've honestly, I've gotten in, I've always been good at making soups. I like making soups and, the depth that goes into that love grilling out um learning how to bake um kind of trying to do a little bit of everything i just made my first duck the other day and then made a duck stock out of it and then i made a vegetable soup so That's just awesome. kind of scrolling around i mean we've had all this time in quarantine so and i'm fortunate i have a grocery store down the road so i've just kind of been buying random stuff seeing what happens very cool you have a no i i have many but no, so, so um, you know, w- tell us about kind of you, you came to Charleston, you know, so what are some of your favorite things to do here when you're, where we wouldn't find you, uh, you know, in quarantine? So uh, my life is a lot of um, food and bev, just like going around and eating appetizers and drinking and, and kind of appreciating that scene here. And what the quarantines definitely helped me remember and be exposed to was how many other things Charleston has to offer. Um, so a lot of just jogging and finding random trails, random property, cruising around. Uh, our buddy has an electric bike company and we took them out to the Marion Square or Marion State Forest or whatever. Uh, went kind of off-road biking back there. Um, but a lot of boating, a lot of beach. But really, when I'm here, like the restaurants and bar scenes just kind of dominate a lot of your time. So, um, yeah, I would say just kind of outdoor stuff and that it's, it's such a social city that it's hard to, you know, you do whatever you do during the day and then it's like, oh, let's cruise down King Street and see what's going on. So, so you're one of Charleston's most eligible bachelors. So the single women that we know who are going to be listening to this, if they want to, if they want to catch an audience with Craig, what's the move? Honestly, I'm used to meeting people out, um, or like during the day, just random stuff. Like if you happen to be on Morris or a boat or the beach. I don't know. I really, my friends are all over me to define that because they're like, well, if we're at the bar half the time, you're too shy to talk to anyone. And if you, I mean, they can message me on Instagram, but they're like, well, you need to like read your messages and send them back. But I've kind of been a, we just, I'm not a fate like person, but not that, that, but I just happen to run into someone and then we hang out. I meet a lot of people at the bars, I guess. Um, and just do a shot and then we start talking. Um, just playing it cool, like everyone will be running up or doing their thing, and then you're the one person that's kind of like staying back. Or if you're just honest and you're like, "Hey, love the show, blah blah blah," like you're a shot. So I'm pretty buying easy. you a shot. Buying you a shot is the way to go. Yeah, or just yeah, say hi because I'm half the time I want to talk to you, but half the time I'm too shy because I'm my fear of rejection is stupid. But it's high. It's real. So what is I've heard and now I think I've seen in this in this camera that you have a, a maybe one or multiple painted nails. Do you paint your nails? I feel like there's a story behind that. 
Oh, yeah, so usually it's blue, but it's white right now. Uh, it's for the Polished Man campaign. It's, um, it represents the one out of every five kids that's abused, um, but goes unreported. And there's a really cool backstory, too. And if you go to polishedman.com. Um, what is it? Polished Man. Polished Man. Um, and so it's usually blue, and it represents this guy was at an orphan or an orphanage. And what I learned from being a guardian, when kids are coloring or doing crafts, they'll actually tell you anything. And it turned out that the person that ran the orphanage was actually using a lot of them and they had all these chances to tell, but they were like, they're like, why didn't you tell? And they're like, well, there was no way to differentiate the nice adult from the bad adult that had been harming them. So this was kind of like a reminder to raise awareness of these kids that it goes unreported and awareness leads to, um, you know, conversation and that conversation leads to donation. And, uh, so just something that I found. It's an excuse to paint my nails. It's a great conversation starter at the bar. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool cause that I found last year and kind of stuck with me. I love that. You need, you should paint a nail. I don't think I'm going to paint a nail, but I will donate to the cause. So, I <laughs> so where where are your favorite places to go downtown? Uh, I'd say you would find me at a dispensary or uptown or trio or halls is one of my favorite restaurants um but dispensary in uptown they take care of us i'm part of the like republic group now too so we have mesu we have bourbon and bubbles and uh we're opening a new bar called first place right next to the sports bar so i'd say in that block of uptown dispensary or mesu bourbon and bubbles i'm gonna be in that block usually so that's awesome. On Upper King. Yeah. I hear Trio is opening their patio tomorrow evening. Yeah, that's what I heard too. So there's a few outdoor places trying it out. I guess Republic opened today. Um, and we, uh, dispensaries open, Uptown's rooftops open. So Red's we'll opened last week and, or earlier, Monday. Today, I don't know when, but it, it was, was like it never had closed. I, that's <laughs> like, what I heard. Oh I know Saltwater and like Tavern were were doing like social distancing and spacing, and um, but they said Reds was like the bar was three deep, and I was like they never closed, and everyone was like, all right, let's calm down a little bit so we don't get you know ruin it for everyone just yet. But <laughs> yeah. friends were sending us pictures. I'm like, are these from right now or are these from last year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. So if we wanted to buy uh, your stuff, where do we go and how do we find it? Uh, so sewingdownsouth.com uh, that has everything. You can look at my Instagram or Sewing Down South's Instagram and kind of see a lot of our graphics and everything. Um, on our website, there's a place to sign up for newsletter. We're always sending out deals and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the best way. Um, once all this goes away, you know, I'll be announcing like a tour and uh, you know, we pop into random towns that are a little bit outside of big cities. Um, and they've been fun, a couple hundred people at those, but yeah, so sewingdownsouth.com and, uh, you'll see our mask and stuff like that. So, and is there a new season of the show coming up? Yeah. So we were about a month into filming when this, when we got put on hiatus, it's going to be very interesting to see how we piece everything together. Should start filming probably in the middle of June and then, you know, probably sometime in the winter it'll come out. Is my guess. Not sure. Just it's 
you know, so unprecedented. But yes, there is a seventh season. Um, first month was good. So, see, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see how we piece it together. But we're excited for it. Do you have any other questions? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm good. Well, cool. Well, we'll have to grab some drinks when you know when you guys are downtown or whatever. Um, you know, you meet up with Logan and Olivia or not, and um, yeah, it'll be fun. You can ask me all the things that I'm not allowed to say on interviews. Yeah, I'll pick your brain. I promise I won't drunk hug you or anything. <laughs> no, it's fine. Anytime. Awesome. Well, thank well, you so cool. much. I appreciate it. And yeah. uh, hopefully we'll look forward to that drink soon. Of course. All right. See you guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Yeah.